1: It's hour two of the game, the game after work. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, what, is, what are we listening to? Cluster puck. Brad Paisley. You just scared the crap out of me. <laughs> oh. Oh. I, I'm not joking. I, I, my heart skipped a beat. But, of course, you didn't say the actual word. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, but it's very close. I know. That's kind of the idea. So we had a storm uh, pass through... Three o'clock hour, right? Still raining pretty good
0: outside. Is it? Yeah.
1: I saw some pictures of the storm that did roll through. Like, I I tell you what, if if you see it, the pictures from the the, like from the correct angle, like up high and staring right at it, I mean, it is pictures that might rival twenty ten UCF. Like, it is beautiful, but it's more like a ring. Like, it kind of has the same formation a little bit, like the storm that rolled in Mm -hmm. from the north. Kind of has the same look to it a little bit, but it's more of a ring, and then inside the ring is like the, you know the, the greenish blue kinda, mm-hmm. more greenish. and the, like the glow to it. It is it's awesome. It really is. But I haven't seen like anything like posted of it on Twitter, and I don't want to steal the photo, so hopefully somebody will tweet it out uh, because my goodness, it, it's awesome. It is, it's really cool. Uh, hour to the game, we hope to be joined by K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty here in, uh, in just a moment as he has completed his roster. And it feels like the depth has been developed, as in when it comes to the recruiting part of it. Zy Walker coming from Louisville, and you also have Amani Lester from Louisville. Who didn't really play. Lester did not play at all last year. And Walker you know, hardly played at all. Appeared here and there in 10 games. But they have a lot of... When it comes to providing with the depth. And helping out the starting lineup. That is a very high regard. Like when it comes to the potential. It's going to be all behind the starting lineup. But depth needs to be there. It just... We haven't seen it develop over the last few years. Hopefully, now it will now start to develop, and it's very promising for K-State women's basketball moving forward. We're now joined by K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty. Coach, really appreciate you joining us. Before we get to the roster you have now developed with the latest recruiting out of the Transfer Portal, you're now going to start coaching without Brian Osterman, which is – which, which seems pretty crazy, right? He's been with you for a decade and a half. How weird is it not having him around anymore?
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah, well, we've been friends for a long time, uh, and so uh, it'll definitely be different. You know, uh, Coach O was with me at TCU and obviously all nine years here at Kansas State, so it'll be different. Um, great opportunity for him, though. Emporia State's a, a, an excellent job. We've both kind of cut our teeth in uh, the MIAA, you know, getting started. So um, great respect for that league, and um, it would be, be a good situation for him. You know, he's wanted uh, the right opportunity as a head coach, and I think certainly that's the right one.
1: Had he had told you, like, recently or, like, leading up to getting the job at Emporia State that he was wanting to get back into head coaching?
2: Well, I, I mean, over the years, yeah, definitely over the years, there, there have been um, opportunities. You just don't know when those doors are going to open, and they're, they're hard jobs to get. And uh, But, yeah, definitely over the years. Uh, it, it wasn't a one-year thing. It, uh, it has been, uh, you know, um, kind of every couple years maybe a job would open up that would be of interest to him and um, not always the right thing. It when it turned out but this
1: one seemed to be the right fit for him so moving forward uh now that you're done with the recruiting and now i'm sure you're looking for another assistant coach i know you've you've promoted from within but right now like what do you feel like the plan is right now to replace coach o and um you know when do you would like to have that have that all done by
2: yeah i hope to have it done pretty quick um We'll have it done pretty quick. You know, I think it's uh, every every hire is an important hire. You um, want to get, um, you know, you always want to get um, somebody maybe with different experience, different ideas, but um, not always, not always. I mean, sometimes it comes within the uh, coaching tree, and um, we'll see where it goes. But uh, I think I'm going to be able to move fairly quick on it. Uh, maybe, maybe here, um, maybe here, latter part of the week will will be an opportunity. Well,
1: that's very solid news. Now, also some really great news over the last few days or so, adding a couple of uh, players out of the transfer portal who were at Louisville a year ago. Uh, let's start with the the first one that you signed in, in Zy Walker, who is a a point guard, a backup point guard uh, for you this season, upcoming season. Who you know got to play here and there for Louisville, but you know not a whole lot of experience at the collegiate level. But at a high school, I mean Wichita kid, Wichita Heights, who was you know Gatorade Player of the Year. I'm sure she has some of the highest potential you could find in the transfer portal uh, with very limited experience. But you know what what stood out about her that told you that she's the the right fit for that spot.
2: Well, we were looking for a guard that could play a couple positions and we were looking for a guard that we felt like had some breakdown ability to the rim and, you know, Zy checks all those boxes. And, you know, the one thing, there's a couple things that transfer portal gets. uh, You know, in finding the right player that you're looking for, um, you know, it can come in a lot of different ways. One, it can come from a mid-major that is a high-productive player that's got numbers and stats. Or it can come from a player that was highly recruited out of high school, is one on, is is in a program where maybe she's blocked a little bit, and um, Zai kind of fits that second category because she's playing behind Van Lidd at the time, she's playing behind a fifth year COVID kid and Chris Carr, she's playing behind another fifth year kid that was an All Conference kid, Morgan Jones. So she fit that category of her playing time was kind of blocked by some players. And um, so, and she made the decision to go. Um, and, you know, that's a player that we were after out of high school heavily. So we were excited to have a second chance at her and, and she's excited to come back home. So, um, yeah, limited game experience because she ended up red shirting because she did take an injury right before Christmas. So um, we're excited to get her.
1: And then you get a second player that was officially announced at 3 o'clock today, and I, I hope I'm a, uh, you know botching the first name pronunciation here, but I believe it's Amani Lester. Correct. And uh, four years of eligibility remaining. She did not play this last year for the Cardinals. And 6'3 Ford. And I know you're looking for another Ford, potentially a backup to Ayoka Lee for this upcoming season. But, you know, checking out – what she can do and it seems like she can do more than just post up she's a former four-star top 60 recruit so exactly what do you feel like is the plan for her at least the ideal plan with lester down low
2: yeah 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 good question you know the the player the, ironically the thing we were looking for is exactly what she brings and it doesn't always work that way because what we wanted to bring in was a 6-3 player that was skilled enough and you say six three, anywhere from six foot to six three, six four that could play the forward but was strong enough, physical enough to also play the center spot because we need some depth there after losing Lauterbach. So, you know, I really I didn't want to take just a center. I wanted to take a player that we hoped could play a couple positions and like I said, it doesn't always work out that way. But Lester was a player that we knew coming out of high school, highly recruited, uh, really skilled player. Um, is this year, um, um, and you know she's going to have four full years. And um, you know if you look at her highlight film, you're going to see a player that can shoot the three, a player that can um, handle the basketball. Her passing ability is very good defensively, she's going to have to really work hard to guard a four. That's going to be an area, you know, she's played mostly center. She played for her father, who played at NC State for Jim Balvano. So um, she, defensively, she's going to have to grow there. But she's got a lot of potential, and she's got a lot of skills that uh, we needed.
1: So with these two players out of Louisville, and then, you, of course, Terran sides, Alexis Hess, you added, oh, it'll be true freshmen I'll be honest. On the surface, it felt like this was kind of a relatively painless recruiting year for you. Was it that way? Did it seem <laughs> to be a smooth year for your your recruiting?
2: I'm glad you felt that way, man. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, no no no. It um it uh, it's always hard. And staff did a great job of working hard in this. Um, there there are never any easy. I, I'd love to tell you that you just get an easy one and maybe occasionally one just fits. But, but you know, Dye um, Walker was heavily recruited out of the portal. And uh, Imani Lester, heavily recruited out of the portal. Um, Terrence, I had a ton of offers. Alexis Hess, we had to fight off some people trying to come back in. So, you know, no, it, it, uh, I don't think it's ever easy anymore. There, there are just so many uh, things that go into it right now.
1: Maybe it just felt like the short amount of time that it took to, uh, at least from last talking to you, right, when the transfer portal, it, we, we talked after the season about what you wanted and it felt like you know, maybe if, maybe it took a little bit longer than you maybe would have liked, but it felt like from the last time we talked, it, it didn't take too long.
2: Now, I would say the one thing about the portal and, and I'm probably one where uh, you know, I, I'm not going to hang too long with a portal kid. If they can't make up their mind, then then you know, we're probably not the right fit. And and you know, we try to do a good job of identifying, but you know, I'm not gonna wait too long because I think that uh this group should know what they're looking for. When you're on your second transfer, you need to know what you're looking for and, and I think in most cases uh, most of the players do. Um and I think in our case where you're correct is that we were we had what we felt like were definitive not necessarily, um, you know, we weren't hunting out a lot of players. We were looking for very definitive needs, and we were able to identify those early with players. And, uh, yeah, we were fortunate to get the, two of the ones we wanted.
1: Do you have the the way the roster is structured? Is this the ideal structure with it's so even through the classes and it feels like it's also really even when it comes to the experience? Of your upperclassmen are all for the most part very experienced, and you have a number of players that have been starting for a long time. They got through into the fire freshman year, and then you have younger players that, all right, now that you have the structure up top, you can hopefully they don't have the weight of the world on their shoulders.
2: Well, you know, like I said, there's a lot of ways to build a roster now. So it um, and because of the way the portal is uh, you're going to be rebalancing your roster every year. So it's not going to be an exact, what I would say that I'm excited about is I think top to bottom, this is our best roster. Now we're going to get that opportunity to see, you know, if this is the team that can play together the best, if this is the team that can um gel together quickly, if this is the team that uh, will be unselfish, you know, all those things that go into being a really, really good basketball team. But, um, I like the roster balance. Um, we did need some depth along the front line. That's why we added luster. Um, and I think you're right. It's got pretty good age balance throughout the roster, which is not easy to obtain right now.
1: Speaking with KC Women's Basketball Coach Jeff Mitty here on uh, the game, You know, I, she was brought up when we talked to you last, and that's Jacilla Sanchez, who did not play last year. Um, is now going to be available this year. I kind of wanted to know what her role you want her to be this upcoming season uh, because we haven't seen her yet, but she was also like, it felt like kind of a stretch four during her time at at Arizona, and it feels like yep. that's a spot you probably really need a player like her to play. Is, is that about what she is heading into the season?
2: Yeah, I think that describes it perfectly. Stretch four that um, can really pass it, has good vision, um has really made good strides. She had a good rehab workout today. Um she is 100% right now, and I say 100% from the fact there are no limitations from the training staff, but yet um she still is getting back to playing. And so um, she will um she will try out for the Spain national team here in June, uh the under 20 team. Um, she's fully cleared, so we're excited about that for her. I think it'll be good for her to get back on the floor. Um, and if she makes that team, then she'll uh, compete uh, late July, early August.
1: Got a couple more for you, Coach. Mentioned the uh, you know the Glens, the Sundells, the Lees earlier, along with of course Gabby Gregory. We know Lee is still you know bouncing back, but. As you head into the summer and these are, you know, pretty key developing months here to to get ready for the next year and, and get healthy and everything. I guess when it comes to the development, what is next for the, the Glenn Twins, Serena Sundell, Gabby Gregory?
2: You know, I, I like the work in the spring. We were pretty short in the spring in terms of our time. We gave them a little longer time off. We had uh, you know, I think it was we had a lot of ankle stuff this year, Mitch, and so I think You know, we didn't want those to linger into the summer, so we we let them have a longer time off, and they really responded well. I think a couple things. For those four players, um, I think they made good strides in drill work, at playing lower with the basketball, a little better forward lane, uh, a little bit more ability, I think, to um, eliminate the one-on-one turnovers that we, we seem to be plagued by at times throughout the year. Um, I thought all four of them made really, really good strides. And so, um, that was, that was good to see because, um, I'm really excited about what Jalen, Riley, Serena, and Gabby can all do because, um, you know, we had the plan of that group, obviously playing with Lee and last year they had to do a lot of things, maybe a year earlier and uh, now they're going to get that opportunity to play with Lee after all the experience they gained this
1: year. I guess to wrap up, I know this is kind of the uh, the question you expect probably every interview that you do. It's basically just uh, where Lee is right now, because I believe it's now been about nine months since the injury happened.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to treat it like it's seven months, and that's the challenge with the surgery because – Whatever month she's at, you gotta back it up too and and the reason I say that is because when you have the combination of the a c l and the cartilage replacement, that is what you've got to do because um and so yeah she um she I've said this numerous times she is such a hard worker and she is such a mature kid um she just understands the process um she doesn't have many bad days in there. Um, uh, yeah, she's right on track, right on track. Um, I saw she announced a uh, basketball camp June 2nd, uh, uh, today. So, you know, she's doing a lot of things, but, um, what we expect from her basketball wise is we expect in June that she will be able to start doing some shooting moving. Um, when we get to July, we expect she'll be able to leave the floor more. And, uh, but we'll still be non contact with the exception of there'll be some contact with pushing on or with the bags and those kind of things. Um, as we get to August, uh, then we'll, we're, if there are no setbacks, then she's going to be able to go half court contact and then you progress into the full. So um, we hope to stay on track. And if we stay on track, we'll be right there at that September time where she'll be full go.
1: That's awesome. It's been I've seen her a couple of times at Toyned Family Stadium. Seen a lot of players actually at Toyton Family Stadium here and there for a baseball game. It's awesome to see them support the the Bad Cats. And I tell you what, man, it's I love the anticipation. I know we're still months out, but I love the anticipation. I know people are talking about this team, and that's that's excellent news because we know how special this year can be for K State women's basketball. So, Coach, uh, greatly appreciate your time and look forward to talking to you next. All right, Mitch. Well, hey, thanks. Appreciate it. It's KC Women's Basketball Coach Jeff Mitty here on the game. We'll take a timeout. More of the show coming up next. Man, I hope that interview sounded okay. I was telling Troy during the break, like I had scripted out the interview. I had all my notes ready to go and I forgot to save it. I was like, oh no, I'm going off of memory. Uh, That's one one of my biggest fears in radio. (sighs) We'll do
0: it live.
1: Welcome back to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale. 785-537-1350 785-537-1350 is the number. We still have number one song of the day and ask us anything coming up. Uh, hoping to be joined tomorrow by Roberto Pena, first baseman for the K-State Bad Cats. They open up a three-game series, final road series of the season is in true road series uh, against the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. And uh, Friday's coverage begins at 5:30. First pitch, six o'clock right here on KMAN. Uh, let, let's jump to uh, what you actually opened up with the uh, game sports update, there, Troy, and that's about Marquise Noel. You know, right now, if you look at the mock drafts that I've seen, I've seen Marquise Noel as a potentially a second round guy hmm. in the NBA draft. I've seen him on a prospect list of being anywhere between ten to fifteen when it comes to the top available point guards in the NBA draft. So. That's I mean, kind of the idea we got right now. Nothing's for sure yet, for, of course, but one thing that is very big for Marquise Noel is what he was invited to yesterday. The news that came out that Marquise Noel is one of 45 prospects to be invited to the NBA G League elite camp. So he's going to be in Chicago for a couple of days. He's going to have the opportunity to show off his skills in front of coaches, uh, scouts, uh, execs of the NBA, and hopefully he'll get a ton of interviews out of that. It's not, of course, the combine. The combine is a you know, it, it, I don't know how many players get invited to the combine, but I'm pretty sure it's not 45.
0: Is it? Good question. I'm giving a quick look here. It's set for, by the way, next week, the 16th through the 18th. Okay. And.
1: And that's right after this uh, G League, League
0: camp. Yes, uh, given that the D League G League mini camp is the two days ahead of it, uh, you're looking at it being limited probably to uh, in the neighborhood of about 40 players as well.
1: Okay. so this combine here says 76 players expected to attend the 2012 or 2022 combine so i couldn't remember if it was more or less
0: invitation list determined by a vote of the member teams 63 invited back in 2013 the first year 60 were invited in 14 okay i'm glad we're figuring this out all on air yeah i know anyway
1: uh so, what I wanted to bring up about Marquise Noel—it's amazing that he's getting invited to these to the like the NBA G League camp. Hopefully, he gets a combine invite. That'd be phenomenal. And so, hopefully, as well as uh, Keontae Johnson, um, you know, it's interesting with Marquise Noel because I think most people think when it comes to being an NBA draft prospect, what might be holding him back? People would say maybe it's his height. And I understand that because he's 5'7", 5'8", in that neighborhood. Uh, Because he's obviously extremely skilled. And we've seen the – hopefully you've seen like the Instagram stories from like Dream Dowling. that Marquise Noel is in the gym every day, every single day working on his game because he's trying to get ready for things like this, the NBA G League Elite Camp be absolutely ready to go so he can be 100%. His skill level will be at his absolute best, and he's fully prepared, and I'm sure he's working on things that he will have to work on and show off at this elite camp. His height is not the issue. I think people forget about this. It's his age. Marquise Noel is 23 years old. That is, He's an old man when it comes to Uh, prospects for the NBA draft. So his goal is to prove that age is just a number. That his age isn't in any way should be an issue as to why
0: you should or should not take Marquise Noel. The interesting aspect of that is when you consider the number of guys that are in that age range because of the COVID year. This is probably going to be one of the older NBA drafts, and that you'll see. Yeah, yeah. In terms of overall age, I don't know what the median age
1: is. I don't know how many like college seniors or like fifth-year seniors will be available for this draft. But I just I, I wanted to make it clear, like Marquise Noel and his, I mean Isaiah Thomas. I mean that, that's a perfect example, and he's that's a name that's been brought up many times. As to, you know, not only, you know, of course he was a Nick, and, you know, he played, uh, you know, Madison Square Garden and he was there for the, you know, the Sweet 16 in the lead eight. And Marquise Noel, I guess, now has this uh, relationship with him. Uh, but, I mean, that was a guy that was five nine. Marquise Noel is just a tad bit shorter than that. that. His height is not going to hold him back. Hopefully these... NBA teams will look past the age part of this and take a chance on on Marquise Noel. I mean, there's a reason why, multiple reasons why guys leave early for the draft where they have the talent, but also, you know, these teams, these organizations, they just don't want the older players anymore. It's a lot harder to make it in the league when you're older than the rest of the class. I, I, I guess for some, you know these organizations just don't see the longevity in there. And I mean, Dean Wade, Dean Wade is an example of an old guy as in he played four years of college basketball was not picked up. Goes the G league route, gets a two way contract. And now he has worked his way up into playing in the NBA, making mm-hmm. a few bucks. And now he's playing in the, it was, I should say in the playoffs. I don't think they made it into the second round. No. Um,
0: Nope, that would be the Knicks.
1: And if Marquise Noel, and that's the funny thing, like Marquise Noel might have, not have to go that route. He might become a second-round guy and have an easier route to play in the league than Dean Wade does. And I know, crazy, right?
0: What an amazing year.
1: Well, Marquise <laughs> Noel, I mean, he did himself all the favors in the world by the season he had this year, setting records for K-State, showing off that his height is just a number, his age is just a number. He is extremely skilled. He is going to be the leader of, this, of a team. Whatever team he's on, he's going to want to be the leader of as a point guard. And that's just generally that's – just, that's just who he is. Marquise Noel is a leader. And I will advocate for anything and everything for Marquise Noel because I think he deserves anything and everything when it comes to success and how successful he can be because I fully believe in Marquise Noel. And I can talk about him every single day on this show. (laughs) But at least he has taken this next step into becoming a professional basketball player. Because I know that's all he can think about right now. I've never seen anybody, I think, more dedicated and so zoned in on what he could potentially be. Potentially be. Because he has goals. And maybe I should put it this way: I've never seen it more like because thanks to social media and to Dream Dowling, and I think I'm just seeing it a lot more. But we've also heard the stories like there's hardly anybody that works harder than Marquise Noel. Right. I just I hope it pays off. I I, I might be happy more than anybody outside of the of the program that he has this invite. And I'm not I'm not really an NBA fan. I don't know exactly. How the whole NBA system works when it comes to, you know, working your way up through an organization, and I, I just I don't really don't know how all it all works, like the, this camp stuff and who gets invited to the combine, all these numbers, like I don't know jack about it. I really don't. So, but I understand that getting invited to the NBA G League Elite Camp is an absolute foot in the door, and it's the earliest opportunity to really talk to the people you want to talk to if you want to play in the NBA. You know, I was thinking during the break, was it actually the first Friday the 13th that had him singing Tom Dooley?
0: Now I'm kind of... It wasn't Halloween, I know that. Now I'm
1: thinking... I, I can't remember if it was the first movie or not that had Tom Dooley. Anyway. Hey, I got a question for you. I heard this brought up on RU Garbage. Uh, so, like, when you're at a restaurant, like, the if you're at a nice restaurant, the waiter's, like, pushing the dessert menu on you or whatever. How often do you actually get dessert? Because I'm always thinking, like, you know, sometimes there's just not room for it. But I also kind of want it. But is it that... We don't get the dessert because we're full or we're kind of cheap. As in, oh, I don't want to pay five bucks for a piece of cake.
0: Usually in my case, it's because I'm full. But yeah. But how yeah. often do you use dessert at a restaurant? Oh, next to never. As I was gonna say, like, I think hardly ever
1: do we do dessert at a restaurant. But I love dessert. I'm like, why don't I do this more often? I think it's I think sometimes it just comes down to actually kind of being cheap. And I don't want to live that way.
0: The last few years with UNC basketball, the half-court shot was how you capped shoot around every game day. And whomever hit the shot, if someone did hit it, would get dessert at the next meal, at the next full team gathering.
1: Well, I tell you what, the the gimmick that the uh, men's basketball – I think actually – I think maybe they had it at women's games too. I can't remember, but at least at the men's games – in the second half, if the uh, opponent shooting the free throws misses both free breadsticks. That was so great this year. Oh, my God. Can we keep that going?
0: The atmosphere was so good with well,
1: that. that well, that's when the, it would get the loudest. Yes. When breadsticks were on the line. I'm telling you, like, it got louder than KU just in the during play. and During yet, the KU game, it was louder right. for the breadsticks.
0: By the way, to answer your question about Friday the 13th, yes, it was.
1: So it was the first movie. That how, that's the thing. I couldn't remember if this was the opening scene or not. I just... It's been a while since I've seen Friday the 13th. Hmm. Need to go back and watch him. I love the Friday the 13th movies. Also a good video game. There was a Friday the 13th video game that was made for, like, Xbox One and, and you know, the PS4 or whatever. Really solid game. One person is Voorhees. Oh, boy. And then the others are campers, and you just got to stay away from them. (laughs) You got to try to escape. It's very hard to, if you can imagine. That's going to do it for the game. We're back tomorrow, full two hours.